Welcome to the Inside Eastern podcast, an audio series bringing you stories of impact and innovation from inside Eastern Connecticut State University. My name is Catherine Escalante, and I'm the host of this episode, spotlighting the experience of first-generation students on our campus. As a first-gen student myself, I am so excited to interview these three guests with different insights into our dynamic student population. First, I'll speak with Dr. Cristina Arizari, Assistant Director of our Opportunity Programs. Then I'll talk to one of my student peers, Xiomara Martinez. And finally, I'll close with a conversation with Dean Kamisha Wilmot, an Eastern graduate, first-gen student, and the current Dean of Students. So hello, everyone. I am so excited for you to be tuning into the first segment of the Inside Eastern podcast. On today's deep dive, we will delve into the first-generation student experience here at Eastern. To this end, I have the absolute pleasure to introduce Dr. Christina Arizadi. Dr. Arizadi is the Assistant Director of the Opportunity Programs in the Academic Success Center here at Eastern. Dr. Arizadi is a passionate advocate for first-generation college students and is a first-generation student herself. In 2021, Dr. Arizadi received her PhD from the UConn's Neig School of Educational Leadership Program. In addition to her work at Eastern, Dr. Arizadi is also the president of Calahe, the Connecticut Association of Latinos in Higher Education, the only such organization in New England. Dr. Arizadi has dedicated her life's work to helping first-generation students throughout Connecticut, and she is a role model for, the, for first-generation college students everywhere. I'm so grateful to have her here with us today. Christina, hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, I wanted to kind of start with the basics. Um, I wanted to ask you, what are opportunity programs here at Eastern? Can you give us an overview of perhaps the goals and purpose of the Opportunity Programs Office? Absolutely. So Opportunity Programs is a newer office here on campus. We started about two years ago. And really, it just became a hub to house many programs that were already existing on campus, but they were in different offices. And so, for instance, we currently have about 12 different programs, um, and some of them have been at the institution for decades. So we have the StepCat program, which is a summer bridge program. Mm -hmm. We have the Dream.us program that's been here for about seven to eight years. Um, And then we house many of our Promise Scholarship programs. And so those are different community-based programs at different cities across Connecticut that they come in with a scholarship, but we provide them with academic and social um, integration within campus. Um, And then some of our other programs are just working with external partners. So we have one that's working with an organization out in Washington, D.C., because they don't really have a state college. And mm-hmm. so Eastern has become that home for some of those students. That's amazing. And so we work with D.C. CAP. Um, and so, yeah, so, again, it's a brand – it's a newer office on campus um, to provide – more hands-on advising and making sure none of our students are falling through the cracks because Mm -hmm. many of our students are first gen um, or they're, you know, they come from underserved, under-resourced high schools. And so they're already coming a couple steps behind, not knowing, and then they could easily just fall through the cracks of taking the wrong class or being here extra years because Mm -hmm. they're just floating around with no major, changing their major. Um, And so we try to be very intentional with 
making sure they're staying on track with advising, with their Eastern and Four plans, um, but also feeling integrated at the campus and feeling connected. So we like to call it our the home away from home. Yeah. Um, and that's the intention behind a lot of the spaces that we've created. Yeah. As an opportunity scholar myself, I definitely do get the home away from home kind of aspect from the opportunity programs office. So yeah, it's amazing to hear that it's kind of integrated into the purpose. Um, can you talk a little bit about the specific kind of services and resources that are offered through the Opportunity Programs Office and how they're specifically geared to, you know, support first-generation students? Absolutely. So some of the things, so first I'll touch on the academic resources. Um, so I mentioned the advising. So we have an advisor that specifically works with all of our Opportunity Program students for their first and second year. And then um, as they are already into junior and senior year, then, then they have their own advisor within the advising center. But by then, they're already integrated within the center, ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, other academic resources we have is we work very closely with the tutoring specialists because that is also a part of the Academic Success Center where Opportunity Programs is already housed. And so making sure that our students get that one-on-one tutoring if they need it. We've had tutoring available within our 107 space, which has been really great for our students because they're already there, they're comfortable there. And so now we've brought tutors in to work with our students. And then we also bring in different other like supplemental uh, sessions, such as like time management, study strategies around midterms, um, test anxiety. So these kinds of larger topics that no one really talks about when Mm -hmm. you're in college, but all of our students could definitely benefit from it. And then the social aspects, which is what I think the students enjoy the most. Um, And so we definitely do a lot of programming around just to create comfort in the space for the students. Mm -hmm. And so we're really big on asking our students, what is it that you would want on campus? What is it that you miss from home that we can bring to our space? And so we do a lot of our programming around that. And every month, you know, it depends on the season or what's going on. Um, we try to be very mindful of what the institution's doing as a whole, like specifically SGA and CAB, and then try to do something different so that way students get a whole different experience, but they could also enjoy what Eastern has to offer from the student activities office as well. Um, so yeah, we do things from Club 107, which is like the big popular one that students always look forward to every semester. Um, We've done vendor events where students are able to display things that they make and, you know, be able to benefit from selling their own amazing products that they make. Um, And we've done just we just had one studying and pizza party. So you study with a group of uh, sorry, five students um, for 30 minutes and there's a large pizza. We order a large pizza for that group. I was personally a large fan of that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's amazing. Right. So just trying to find different ways of what they would want. So yeah, that's great. I love seeing 107 so full and it's been so full this entire year, which I've loved seeing. There's always really so much excited. community building going on mm-hmm. there. Um, so my next question is, what strategy, strategies or initiatives do opportunity programs employ to help first-generation students? So I mentioned a lot about like the test anxiety and things of that nature. Um, so we try to implement lots of like academic strategies just so that they could grow in that aspect, mm-hmm. um, but also building connection. And that is very intentional because a lot of what at least from my research that I know, is that if a student isn't connected on a campus, it's likely that they're going to leave, right? And so 
a lot of what I try to implement within our center is really based on a theory. So it's on Tinto's theory Mm -hmm. um, and the social integration model. And so that model pretty much shows if they have strong supports on campus, both socially and academically, you're least likely to lose them. Because if a student is struggling, they're going to go to someone they trust on campus versus just hiding out and just withdrawing from the institution. And so we try to implement that. And intentionally, when we do any of our programming, making sure a student knows, like, we see you, we Mm -hmm. hear you, we're here for you. And so those are like little and it's really small things. It's just pulling a student in. I give my cell phone number to all of our students. I'm like, text me. If you're struggling, just text me. We can find a time to meet even just for five minutes. Let's just talk to see where are you struggling? What can I do? What can Chris do? What can our office do to best support you? Um, and we have found that 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 helps when a student has that connection. It, they just always come to us and just find a way like I'm struggling with a roommate conflict and I don't know what to do mm-hmm. or I have a hold on my account. Like any of these little things that any other student that doesn't feel that they're connected, they would probably just find a way out because they don't think they have another way of resolving it. Yeah. Um, and so we try being very intentional with giving them those kinds of strategies. Definitely. More like survival. Yeah. On a college campus. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Community is such a important part of so many of our people's lives. And sense of so. belonging. Definitely. Right? So if you feel that you're a part of a community or you feel that you belong, you're going to want to stay there because that feels like home. Yeah. Um, on a kind of more fun question, what's been your favorite t- takeaway from being here since last July? Wow. So I love so many different parts of being on this campus. Um, and I'm so grateful that I'm here. Um, really, the students. Um, just every day is a new day. And so I'm always bopping around. Everyone sees me around campus (laughs) running from one place to another. But I love that. I love being able to connect with different students for different things. Um, Another big program that we have is the independent youth. And so those are the youth or college students on campus that are in foster care or have been adopted. Mm -hmm. And so my background was in social work. And so being able to connect with those students, but then I have my subcap students, I have my dream.us students. So like everyone has a different walk of life and just being able to meet them where they're at and like, okay, let's buckle down how we can, you know, what's, what's going on. Let's try to figure out how to help you. I just love that part about my job. Um, Every day is a new day. Every student's a different student and you never know like, what creative puzzle you're going to be putting together to get them to where they want to be. So I love it. That's incredible. I guess to close us off, what's a piece of advice that you would give to a first generation student on this campus or perhaps just in general from your own experiences, from your educational background, or maybe just something that you've learned along the way here at Eastern? Yes. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, A piece of advice I would give a first generation college student is, Well, there's a couple different pieces. So one would be stay connected. Um, Whether it's your hall director, if it's your RA, if it's a friend that's in a club with you um, or someone within the e-board of an organization that you're really involved in or our office, like anywhere, just stay connected with someone because if you need help, go to that person or go to those people. You always want to create your own circle of people who are going to be there to support you. I can tell you, and I shared a little about this yesterday on the panel, but 
you know, that's what helped me want to stay in college because I was ready to leave my college my first semester because I didn't feel like I belonged there. I felt outcasted. I was just like, this doesn't feel like home. It's very mm-hmm. cold. Um, and I didn't feel like I had the assistance there. But if I didn't run into my hall director about wanting to leave right before Christmas break, and just mentioning that to him, I would have never met the other hall director who was a Latina and could show me my ropes and also had a similar experience during her undergrad and helped me get through. And so, I mean, I still am in contact with this person to this day, wow. right? And so some of these people will become your forever person um, because we're all here to support you. And so that's the biggest piece that I want every student on this campus, especially our first-gen college students to know is like there is a huge team of folks here that are here to support you. Um, We're here to encourage you. We're here to help you in any way, whether it's to get textbooks um, or if you need a grocery gift card because you just are hungry. And we know that's a real thing, right, in college is like food insecurity. And so we're here. We don't want you to go hungry because then you're not going to be able to focus in class. So anything you need, we're here to support you. Don't think that you're on this journey by yourself. Um, and there are a lot of faculty and staff on campus that are first gen. And so yeah, that's which why, is amazing. Yes. That's why um, for November 8th, we, I'm trying to make it a thing where we celebrate National First Gen Day. Mm-hmm. And we have all the faculty and staff have their placard on their doors because I want students to know that this is a safe space. Yeah. You can go to anyone. If you see that placard on their door, they want you to come in and tell them you're also a first gen mm-hmm. and they want to be able to help you. So reach out. Don't be shy and just know that we're all here for you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being here and, you know, telling us a little bit about the Opportunity Programs Office, the vision, the purpose, the goals, the resources and services that exist. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yay. Hello everyone, today I'm so happy to introduce the Dream.us scholar that I'm interviewing for this segment, Xiomara Martinez. Xiomara is a sophomore majoring in business administration with a concentration in marketing. Xiomara, hello. Hi Catherine, I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) We're so excited to have you on and chat a little bit about what being a first-generation student looks like here on the Eastern Campus. Um, So you're a Dream.us scholar. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the journey that you took when applying to college as a first-generation student. What was this experience like? Maybe a couple of the challenges that you faced. How did you overcome them? Right. So growing up, I always knew that I wanted to go to college. I knew that I was going to get there some way, somehow, because I was not going to let my parents down. So I am undocumented. I did come with my mom to the United States Mm -hmm. and she and my dad only had middle school up to middle school that's all they finished um because you know in Mexico they they didn't really have the money to go Mm -hmm. or even like the will to go as a lot of them just stop through like even like elementary school even now yeah and so Growing up, I knew that I wanted to do more because I was very grateful that my mom brought me here, even though I didn't really know when I was like three years old. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to do something more and keep my education going. So I always did AP classes. I did honors classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents weren't strict about my grades or yeah. anything. So I really motivated myself to do that. 
um, a lot of parents were like, oh, like, show me your report cards. Yeah. My parents were not like that. They were, I would be the one to show them my mm -hmm. report cards and be like, look, I got an A or a B. They'd be like, oh, like, that's so great and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they really pushed me to my limits sometimes, though. So I did experience that balance. Mm -hmm. And so it made me, I feel like, very independent about my own academics, which really helped now in college. Yeah. Um you sound very self-motivated. <laughs> yes, yes. I knew I wanted to do something with my life, and um, I owe it all to my parents, really. And so I got here, and now I'm in my sophomore year of college. So you get here to Eastern. Can you talk me through a little bit of your first year? and What have been some maybe turning points in your academic journey here, some notable moments, whether it be like academically, socially? Being in a new place, have you, you know, can you tell me a little bit about right. that? I found a pretty good group of friends that I still talk to now, and I'm very grateful for that because we're all like in the same situation as being undocumented students, and so just finding that community really helped me, and it was a turning point. It really opened my eyes to see that there are other people like me, because you know, growing up in the small town, I'm the only one, and it's not fun. I was. Very excited, very happy to see that other people were so open about it too. I was not open about my status at all. Like even now, I'm, I'm surprising myself talking about it because mm -hmm. if this was me in high school, I would not say <laughs> one word. And it's not to like say that anything bad about it, but it's just like that's how I was. That's how I, you know, grew up. But yeah, they really showed me that I'm able to speak about everything that really was my turning point I was like okay I can be comfortable I can talk about everything and not feel ashamed exactly I'm also a dream.us scholar and the community here at Eastern is incredible I also did not feel comfortable or okay talking about my status for like the first 19 years of my life and since being here last two three years it's just completely changed. There's so much strength in being able, as a community, talk about the things that you're facing and the issues that are happening and feeling like empowered to advocate for yourself and for others. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. So I'm so glad you feel like you found that here as well. Other than that, which is, you know, such a great part of Eastern and kind of the community here with the Dream.us scholars, what other parts of Eastern do you really enjoy? What's your favorite part? Okay, so my favorite part is the clubs. I think Eastern has a very wide variety of clubs, mm -hmm. which I really enjoy. I would say that my two favorites right now, of course, Freedom at Eastern. I have a really good friend that's on the e-board, and so I love going and supporting. Um, but even just like the community that's there, the whole e-board is so nice. And so I personally love just going and Freedom at Eastern is the um, undocumented slash DACA student safe place that you can go to. And they also raise awareness um, about immigration issues on campus and just worldwide. Um, so I really love that club. And there's so many clubs at Eastern that you can find your people at or like that you can find like similar hobbies. I know that like book clubs and stuff. So that's my favorite part as well as philosophy club. Yeah which I am part of the e-board this semester, so that's so exciting. That has pushed me, pushed me out of my limit zone, my comfort zone, that's what I meant. And so I don't like talking in front of people. It gets me really nervous. Yeah. And so just being on that club and having to speak about different topics, 
um, and really have to think about the topics that I'm like that we're speaking about has really pushed me out of my limits and I love it I'm like okay I can you've been absolutely killing it I've been so impressed with you in philosophy club it's it's incredible so I'm, I'm glad you like it okay so my last question for you is about the resources here on campus since there is so many communities First generation communities, you know, a specific place for undocumented students. What do you think has been the most useful resource to you during your time here at Eastern? Yeah, so I would say it was the Opportunity Program in the Library 107. Um, I think, you know, the people who run it, Chris and Christina, are so amazing and they have done an, an amazing job at, you know, the whole with the whole room. Um, I do go there and study as well as use the free textbooks that they have. Um, but truly, they are, you know, the face of it, of course. But they have helped me so much. They are my resource. Whenever I need anything, really, I yeah. go to them. Any information, just to talk. I love talking with them. Great. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for hopping on to the Inside Eastern podcast to talk a little bit about your experience been so good hearing a little bit about you know your journey to college and in college kind of what you're involved in and what you're passionate about and of course what things are most useful to you here on the eastern campus so thank you so much Tumata. thank you Hello everyone, welcome to segment three of today's Inside Eastern episode, where we are spotlighting the first generation experience here at Eastern. Today, we have a very special guest with us, someone who plays a crucial role in ensuring the success and well-being of our students. I'm thrilled to introduce Dean Kamisha Wilmot, the Dean of Students here at Eastern. Dean Wilma is a dedicated leader who oversees key student service areas, including the Office of Accessibility Services, Student Activities, the Vet Center, and the Unity Wing. Not only is Dean Wilma a prominent figure in our campus community now, but she is also an alumna of Eastern, where she too was a first-generation student. Her journey is inspiring and emblematic of the opportunities that Eastern provides its students. So, without further ado, welcome Dean Wilmot. Thank you for that awesome introduction. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Perfect. The weather is beautiful today. It is. I'm actually really excited how warm it's going to be because I want to go to apple picking soon. Ooh, I love apple picking. I'm from South Dakota and that's like <laughs> our number one pastime in the fall. Apple picking is the best. Um, so I have a myriad of questions for you today. Of course. Um, so let's just hop into it. So you were a student here at Eastern. Correct. And I'm a first generation student as well. So I'm very excited about all of this. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a first-generation student here at Eastern? I know in this podcast, we've talked a lot about resources and programs that exist. So I was wondering what resources and programs during your time here that stand out to you as, you know, things that really helped you in your journey here. Thank you. Great question. When I think about my um, journey at Eastern, um, I always like to go back to um, migrating to the United States. So I'm originally from the island of Jamaica and came to the United States and grew up in Hartford, Connecticut, and never thought college was an opportunity or a possibility for me because of the high school that I attended. Um, there weren't a lot of conversations around attending college, so I never thought I would go. 
Um, I got the awesome opportunity to go to college. And what's interesting about my journey is because of the high school and how they did not prepare us academically, when I did apply to college, um, I applied to over seven universities and got denied to all seven of them. And, you know, the dream of going to college then became just a dream. Like I didn't think it was possible because I wasn't able to get in. Um, and I'll never forget, it was my senior year in high school and I received a phone call and it was Dr. Margaret Hebert, um, the director of the StepCap program at the time from Eastern. And she said to me, you know, you didn't meet the, the admissions criteria. However, we have this awesome summer program. This was probably a Friday. She said, we have an awesome summer program. We're doing testing this weekend. If you can get to Willimantic from Hartford for this weekend, you can be a part of the program. Now, you know, from Hartford to Willimantic is about a well, 40 minute commute. So, you know, I then figured out what is it I'm going to do? So I did come here and take the program, um, took the test and got admitted to the program. And my life changed there because, um, again, this is a person that did not think they can go to college because of all the denial letters and starting the summer step cap program. And that's when the resource and the support came in, because if I was not a part of step cap program with Dr. Margaret Hebert and Dr. Hornug, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have been able to be successful because here I am now on a campus, a predominantly white campus. I'm coming from a very um, black community, black neighborhood, Jamaican community. And here I am on the campus and having to really explore my identity, but on top of that, figure out what college is about. Yeah. Um, no one in my family has been to college. So even I'll never forget when someone said, go to the Bursar's office. I'm like, I don't know what Bursar's is. Um, what is, what language are we speaking here? And being able to have the resource and the support of the folks that were in the step cap program, they helped me navigate the campus life. And that's the hard part about being a first generation college student. You feel so embarrassed and you feel alone that you're afraid to ask those questions and being able to build connection with a staff member on campus is what helped me to be successful in my journey because I felt completely lost. Again, I had no idea even what a syllabi was because, um, again, my high school did not prepare you for college. So even going in a classroom and getting this contract between your professor, I'm like, I don't know what this is. And being able to tune into different staff members to help me, that's the resource that allowed me to be successful while I was here as a student. Yeah, I think that was so well put. I think a lot of first-generation students were entering a whole new world with new language. Absolutely. People. You know, sometimes we're moving from like different states. Yes. Just so many elements that put us in such a different yep. environment. Yep. So having that connection is so important. It is because, you know, colleges and universities, even when I'm speaking to students, we have our own language. And you have students that can say to their families, I don't understand what's going on with the process. And, and there's somebody there to help them. Mm -hmm. We have students who cannot go back to their families and say, I need to navigate financial aid or bursars or talking to a faculty because they don't have that experience or that knowledge to give to their, they want the best, but they don't have to navigate the college campus. Yeah, definitely. My next question kind of builds on that. It's you're, you come from such a unique position, being a first-generation student and then transitioning into an administrative role. And I wanted to ask you how your unique experience has kind of informed the way that you've you know, been in your position and been able to develop some of the programs that we talked about earlier, like the Unity Wing or you know, student activities. What does that look like for you? Great question. So um, just a little background about me. Um, when I actually started my second year here at Eastern, I was so interested in residence life and I became an RA. And I was an RA for three and a half years <clears throat> here at Eastern. It's, it's funny because I see Angela Bazin all the time and she was here 
as a hall director when I was a resident assistant. So I became an RA. And in my path, um, when I first decided, oh, I want to declare a major, I really loved my history teacher in high school. I felt like my history teacher was the only one that believed in me, who told me that I will be something one day. I didn't know what that something looked like. So I was like, I want to be a teacher. Um, so I came to college. And when I thought to myself, what are you going to do? Again, with no guidance from home, because I'm the only one that's going to pursue a professional career, no guidance from home about career trajectory, career development. So I decided I wanted to be a teacher. When I became an RA, I quickly learned that I wanted to work with college students for the rest of my life. What does that look like? Again, as we go back to the mentor and the support, because of Eastern small size campus, I was able to connect with folks in housing that says, hey, there is a career called higher education. There's a career called student affairs. You can work with college students for the rest of your life. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. So as I continue my journey here, I knew after college, I wanted to become a hall director just to get that experience of working with college students. So right after Eastern, I did graduate and go to Missouri. I lived there for about nine nine months and I came quickly back to the um, East Coast. I'm a huge fan of the East Coast. Midwest life is not for everyone. <laughs> it was not for me. I like being near New York City. Um, so when I did that, I came back to Connecticut and I worked at Central as a hall director. Um, right then and there, I realized I wanted to get a master's in higher education, working with students, particularly around student development. Because when I, I watched my own journey, the person I was my first year versus the person I was all the way up until junior and senior year, I saw I had this transform transformational stage. And I wanted to learn more about that transformational stage working with students. So I quickly entered in higher education. And I did a hall director both at Central and Eastern. Um, when I came over to Eastern in 2008, I was a hall director in Constitution. And then from there, I worked my way up. I knew I wanted to continue being a very important role, a resource to students, particularly, especially supporting our first generation students. Eastern allowed me that opportunity because a good percentage of our students here are first gen. So I knew I needed to equip myself with the knowledge and the information that when a first generation constant spoke to me, I was able to get them the information they need. That means connecting them with someone in financial aid or bursars or academic advising. So I did advising for a couple of years. After that, I moved over to being the assistant director of career services, did that for a few years, um, moved over and, and was the, <laughs> you're looking at me, you're smiling. I was the coordinator for the intercultural center for five years. Um, did that. Then I switched over and became the associate director for the Center for Community Engagement and did that for four years. And about last year, I was approached about becoming the interim dean of students. So as you can hear the background of the different departments that I've worked in, I've built a resource to be able to be a knowledge to students. So, you know, if a student comes to me about advising issues or housing or career development, or if they're dealing with microaggression or racism, especially the fact that some of our first um, generation college students may feel microaggression and microaggression is not linked to a specific race. You could feel microaggression because you're a first generation college student or you're from a certain town. But being able to have that background of all the various departments gave me the toolbox that I needed because what I said to myself was, I need a toolbox. If I'm going to work in higher education, if I'm going to work with first-generation college students, I need to equip myself with a toolbox with information that can support the students to make sure they're successful here. And that has been one of my huge success being in the dean of students role and overseeing the departments such as OAS and um, VETS and you know student activities, being able to serve as a resource to our students. Because when a student sits down in front of you, even if they're in a club and organization, or they may be talking about what should they join. There's going to be more to that story. You're going to hear about career trajectory. You're going to hear about where do I look for an internship? They're going to talk about classes. What should they take? 
our job as professionals on campus, particularly working with a first-generation college student, is knowing that majority of the information about how they're going to navigate college and life after college is going to come from their interactions with us. So it's important to be knowledgeable of the resources that can help first-generation college students to be successful here at the institution. Yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, when I think about the higher education space, I think there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of stuff that a lot of people are really specialized in because yes. of the department, but mm-hmm. they might not know outside of it. So yep. it's so refreshing to hear a perspective of someone that, you know, like you said, has experience in all these different fields yes. and like pull from all those things and use that knowledge to advise our first generation students. Absolutely. Our student doesn't our student does not know the structure of higher education. Yeah. So when a student comes and asks a question about advising or financial aid, my response can't be go talk to them because that's going to turn the student off. Yeah. That first generation college student, all students are going to feel like I'm not interested in helping. So my job is to have enough information to give to the student and build that connection and refer them over to my colleague who I know can take care of them and help them out. Definitely. Um, Okay, so from your professional and also your personal experience, what do you think are the key factors for success in terms of first-generation students? It's funny because I was just having this conversation yesterday. Um, The key factor is not being afraid to ask for help. Um, particularly for first-generation college students, but I will also tap in more on the upcoming generation that's entering into college. Um, I think a lot of students feel like everyone has gotten to where they are without help, and none of us. And if you speak to anyone that's successful, from a college president to a dean of students, we'll all tell you that we got where we are because somebody helped us. And one of the advice I would give is don't be afraid to ask for help. And the most important part of while is that mentorship Um, I do realize a lot of students may feel uncomfortable asking professionals to be a mentor, but that mentorship is that guide and light that will help you get through your college experience. So that's the advice is don't be afraid to ask for help and find a mentor that can guide you along the way. Because even with life after college, after you graduate and now you're in a job search process, putting together a resume, how do you interview? You know, most folks don't even know, especially, you know, if you're coming from a first generation home, is sending a thank you note. A professional interview looks very different um, than just re- interviewing for a regular job. And, w- and what I mean by that is resume, cover letters. You know, a lot of professional jobs require resume, cover letter, reference sheet. And what does that look like? And a lot of our first-generation college students don't have the background to be able to say, okay, um, I have mom and dad at home that can help me put together resumes. I've known students who have never written a resume of their life, and being able to put that together is important and be successful as well. Yeah, it can be a really, really daunting experience. It is. I'm, I mean, I'm so early into like everything, of course, yes. but you know, going into like resume writing and cover letter, cover letter writing, like it's so intimidating. It and you is. Don't know where to start? So having someone there that can help you and that advise you, absolutely. That has been like transformational yes. for me. And, that's and then the so other much. piece of that in terms of the professional career, um, I knew I wanted to get a graduate degree. I couldn't go home and talk to mom about a, a graduate degree because my family love them to death and they wanted to make sure I was successful. But between an undergraduate degree and a master's degree, a lot of our first generation family members don't know the difference. It's just college. Yeah. So as I want to pursue my my master's degree, going home and having that conversation, mom, I want to work in a college setting. The first question you get asked is, do you want to be a faculty? Navigating the career process with first generation family, um, especially when they only know certain professions such as nursing, 
lawyer, doctor, anything outside of that is hard to navigate. And being able to have a mentor to help guide you is so important. Um, and that's advice I'll give to a first generation college student. Have somebody in a professional setting that can help you guide that experience. Because life after college, even going into professional work or going into graduate school, that's another um, process you have to guide by yourself as well. Definitely. Yes. I think moving on to a more, I guess, macro scale question, um, what are your goals and just aspirations for, you know, all of the programs that we've talked about and how we can, you know, integrate that mentorship aspect or that kind of community building aspect into those programs? What are your goals and aspirations for that development for first-generation students here? I think that's a great question. Um, as I think about the areas that I oversee, um, one of the things that I do realize, they do a great job doing programs around first-generation college students. And one of the goals I would like to see um, those particular areas continue with is doing programs that do outreach and provide a safe and comfortable space for our first-generation college students. Um, beyond the classroom, you know, our students know you go to class, you do your grades, you get your academics together. Um, but one of the most important piece is that support beyond the classroom. And that's why I feel like spaces like the Unity Wing, student activities, OAS come in. When you think about even a first-generation college student that may have some type of a documented disability, um, I want to make sure that the director in those spaces are working closely with the students and the family to explain the processes. I think for me, a major goal is being able to sit down and explain our process to our students so they can understand. And that takes more than just a dean of students. That takes folks that are in those different areas to work closely. So a major goal for me is to make sure in all our programs and all our service that we integrate knowledge of what first-generation college students are going through and also being able to be a resource and a support to them as well. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you so much for work, hopping on to this podcast, uh, Dean Wilmot. Your perspective has been so, so enlightening, honestly. I resonated with a lot of this um, kind of things you brought up. So yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. And, you know, it's always great talking about the first-generation college student experience because I think it's a very unique experience that students have um, and they need that support and resource. You know, we, we can recruit students and bring them to a university. But if we don't have those resources in place for them to be successful, we're doing this in a disservice. And I can say I pride myself in my role and even at Eastern to make sure we provide those resources to ensure that our students are successful. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you.